you would please bow your heads and close your eyes if you open us in, in a word of prayer. Yes, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your presence here. Thank you for who you are and what you've done for each and every one of us. I say thank you, Father God. I praise you. I bless your name, Jesus. Your name. Your name. Your name, Jesus. Thank you. Father God, Lord, I just lift up this time. Father, as there's many, Father God, Lord, in Alvin right now having service, listening. They're doing their praise and worship. They're following lampstand. Thank you, Father God, for the people that are on vacation, but they're worshiping you yes. in Rockport, worshiping you in Wheelock. Father, they don't need to be here present, but Lord, your presence needs to be there with them, and I know yes. you are. So, Father, have your way have today. Your way. Have your way in all things today. Yes. Father, as I heard you very loud and clearly this morning, and I saw you, Father God, showing me visions, and I know what's to come, Father. And I just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. thank you, Father. Lord, I lift up the service today, Father. And I just lay hands on my husband, Father God, Pastor Ben. I thank you, Father God, for him. I honor my husband. And I just say, Father God, have your way with him. Do what you do. Speak through him, Father God. You anointed this message. You gave it to him. Let it open our ears. Let it open our eyes. Let us receive it in our hearts today, Father. We feel you. We love you. We thank you, Father, that you are here in this house. Yes. Your house, the house of the Lord. And I thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Please be seated. Today's message title to it is the anointing of a warrior in his presence. Let me explain. And I, and I don't disagree with this because it says that we cast every care upon him. It says that we are to pray without ceasing, right? Being joyful in that moment, regardless of the outcome we need to be. That's when we have conversations with him. But there, that's the means to the end, right? The means to the end is go to him. Here's my problem. God, I'm your child. Father, I, you, you can do all things. And I'm giving it to you. I need, I need the healing that you give. I, I need my finances touched. I, I need my marriage touched. I need these things happening, right? So that's the means to the end, guys. But at this week... This week he touched me and spoke to me. And every week it's, it's different. Amen. As he progresses and grows me. I, I often go to him. I need my, I need my anointing increase, Father God. Yes. As this grows, I'm praying for these things, right? I need, I need this. I need this. You know that song? We sang that song a moment ago. Take me to the wilderness. Take me through the process. I long to be intimate with you. It didn't say take me to the wilderness and figure out my stuff and do everything for me, right? It says I long to be intimate with you. Because I want I want you to I want you this is gonna to have to 
You're going to have to get some things out of the way. You're going to have to get some traditions out of the way. You're going to have to get some religion out of the way this morning and uh, to understand this. The means to the end, the healing that we need, our families rectified and changed and brought back together, our finances taken care of, all of those things will be accomplished when our means to the end begins with our intimacy with Him. Come on. Because if you become intimate with Him, He's going to take care of those things Himself. Yes. Amen. Amen. Right? I don't have to go to Him and ask Him for these things because when I'm intimate with Him, when He knows me like nobody else, and I know yes. Him like nobody else, He's yes. going to know that I have those things already, right? Yes. The means to the end begins with my intimacy with Him. Yes, God. Now we see this with Moses. Let's turn to Exodus 33, 12. Now I want you to give you just a little bit update to where we're at right here. Not everybody is in their word every single day, and I understand that. So I'm going to explain what's going on up to here. Amen. What has happened up to this point is Moses was raised in Pharaoh's house, right? Moses killed a guy that was beating up on one of his brothers, the Jews, right? And he had to flee. He was 40 years old and he went into the wilderness, right? He spent 40 years in the wilderness getting that Egypt burned off of him until he saw the burning bush, right? So he started an intimate relationship with the Father. He never went back to that burning bush. He went to Egypt. He saw all the plagues happen. He saw the children of Israel removed by his mighty God. He saw his, his staff turning into a snake, right? Then he gets out there and he sees the Red Sea parted. And he goes through it. And God kills Pharaoh's army, right? Mm -hmm. Then he's out in the woods and there's nothing to eat. There's nothing to drink. Everybody's, well, let's go back to Egypt. And he turns to God and he says, why are you coming to me with this? What, what is he saying? Why don't y'all become intimate with me and I'm going to take care of you? Right? Then he goes up. He's 40 days. Forty days up, he's up on the mountain. He's starting to get the, the Ten Commandments, right? What we call the Ten Commandments. He's getting all the law. And then God stops and says, Man, those people of yours are down there defiling themselves. They couldn't even wait 40 days to find out what I needed to tell them. I'm going to destroy them. Moses, no, he begs him, gets on his face and pleads with him, no, Father God, if you do those things, Egypt's going to thank you. Took him out of Egypt just to kill him in the wilderness. They need to become intimate with you in the wilderness, not kill them in the wilderness. And he turns the hand of God away from the wrath, right? So here it is. God is now, at this particular moment, right before these verses, God has removed the tabernacle, which is the tent where his presence is, away from the people. Okay? You can't stay around sin, folks. Okay? We saw that in the garden. We saw that then. And I'm going to tell you, he never leaves or forsakes you or I ever, but we leave and forsake him all the time. Come on. We push him out of the way. Why? Because when he answers a prayer, what happens? Father God, grow this ministry, and the ministry starts growing. I mean, we, we, we now have partners that are almost at an international level right here. You look around and you're saying, well, there's only a few people here. Well, this ministry that he, this my, my ministry, it's his ministry, is all over the world. Come on. Okay? It's, go, it's growing. So what happens? I get busy, right? I'm no, man. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to return this phone call. Oh, secret place. I'll, hold on a second, secret place. I'll, I'll be there in a little bit. I got to, 
I got to do my ministry today. And that's what was happening, right? He had to push Moses outside of the camp so he could worship him outside. And he even says to them, he goes, Moses, I'm going to send you with my angels to the land that I promised Abraham. Why? Because if I stay with you guys, I'm going to kill you. It's literally what it says in the Word of God. So here we are. We're picking up at this point. Everybody there? Amen. Exodus 33, 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and I've also found grace in my you have also found grace in my sight. Verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And God said in verse 14, and he said, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. So let's look at those scriptures before we move on. Moses is saying, you told me what to do, and I did it. But now you're telling me that I'm going somewhere without you. And that's not good enough. I can't do that. What I I need to know is, you say you know me. Now that word know right there is the same word with the intimacy between a man and a wife where they become one. Right? He goes, you know me so well. You know me inside and out. You know that I serve you, Father. You know these things, and you say that I have found grace. That word is hen, H-E-N in Hebrew. That is the favor, and that is the affection from a man to a woman and a woman to a man. We're going to get back to that in just a minute. I want you to remember that. That you've got, I've got that between you and I. There's nothing. We're so close together, Father God. That they can't see me because all they can see is you when I'm in your presence. That's the kind of intimacy we need to have with the Father. Amen. Where nobody sees you anymore and they only see God. Yes, Lord. They only see Jesus. They only see the working of the Holy Spirit through you. Well, that's just Him. I don't want anybody to ever say that about me again. And whenever I do something, I, I quickly try to repent from it and I apologize to people when because I'm, I'm a stupid guy. I say things, dumb things, all the time. (laughs) I hurt people's feelings all the time. But every single day I pray, Father God, break me from that. Show me, Father God. Don't let me get in my feelings and argue for half an hour on something that I shouldn't be arguing. It says in the Word of God, don't do that. Stop me. Break me. Change me. Because when people look at me, I want them to see him, not me. Come on. And that's what he's saying. In in your sight, I have found grace. I have found that intimacy. And if I have found that grace in your sight, show me your way. Who's the way? Who's the truth? And who's the life? Are, Are we asking that? Are we going to him saying, show me your way? Or, hey, can you figure out the way I want you to do it? Come on. Come on. Is that that's real? I do that too. I do that all, all the time. I'm like, well, God, you, if this happens and this happens and this happens, what I want to happen over here is going to happen. Make that happen. 
I'll be back in five. Eat a sandwich. God, why didn't you take, come on, I just told you what to do. Come on. Come on, am I, am I kidding here or is it just me? <laughs> if it's just me, that's fine. There's nobody here, it's everybody online. I'm just talking to you guys today, right? No, this is the way we are. Yes. As soon as he answers our prayer, Oh, come on, this way, God. You answer my prayer. I got some more over here when you go this way. No, he is the way, the truth, and the life. It says it right here. Show me now your way. Come on. That I may know you, that I may become intimate with you, that I may become one with you. Yes, God. That there will be no difference between me and you. I will be melted into you, God. And you'll go everywhere I go because I'll be following you, not you following me. <laughs> Every step I take is ordered. I'm not going to take a step. I'm not going anywhere, Father God, yes. until you show me which way to go. Yes. Because I know you now. I know how great you are. And I don't care if you answer every single prayer or not, because when I follow in your steps, things are going to be by your will, not by mine. Mm -hmm. That I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. Man, it, it blows my mind. They've already wanted to, to, to kick Moses out. They've already turned against God and built a, a golden calf. They, they even, even his brother Aaron is the one that built it. And I was, I was praying about this. I, I, keep, I kept wondering for years and years and years. I'm like, Aaron built it. Why didn't God destroy that guy? Because right before that, when Moses was up on Mount Sinai, God said to Moses that Aaron's people, his sons, would be the Levites. They would be the priests. That's what saved Aaron. Because God's never going to go against his word. Come on. I'm thinking... Wow. Wow. He, he, his word saved Aaron. And look at look what happened as we go in through, in through Judges. What happened when Judges, the Levites, what happened to the Levites? They sold their services for ten shekels and a shirt. You know that story? They started worshiping demonic gods and the priests were coming out. And, the, and he got him a priest and he says, hey, I will pay you ten shekels and give you an outfit if you will become my priest of my demonic gods. That guy didn't stop and say, no, that's not the living father. My, my father Aaron was put in charge of being the priest of this nation. He didn't say no. He goes, where's my money? Where's my clothes? And he stepped right into it. So we know that there was a heart issue with Aaron. But God will never go against his word. Thank you, Father. Because they're his people. And he said, My presence will go with my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. How many of you need rest? How many of you feel overtaxed? Physically, mentally drained all the time. Are we seeking him in an intimate relationship in our secret place? Are we so busy wearing ourselves asking for things rather than receiving his presence that we're just exhausted and tired? And, and this has spoken to me. Guys, I want to tell you something. There's six pointing back right now because he spoke to me this week about these things. You're wearing yourself out, Ben. You're doing all of these things. You need to put it down and come to me. Come into me and I will give you rest. So here it is. 
Moses has seen all of these things. And what does he ask? Let me know you. Yes. Let me become more intimate with you. The one that spoke to him in the burning bush. The one that told him what to say to Pharaoh. The one that directed every single step that he... What does he ask for? More knowledge of who God is. Yes. Amen. Let's go to verse 15. Then he, Moses, said to God, Him, if your present does not go with us, do not bring us from here. If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found favor, have found grace, have found that hymn in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate. Your people and I from all the people who are upon the face of this earth. Verse 17, So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. He, he, he not only asked for God to be with him, for him to know him more, he asked for God to also be with his people. He's already said, he, already, he already defended the people. And God said, I will destroy them and make a people from you, right? We know that happened up on Mount Sinai the first 40 days that he was up there, right? And he defended, and then he comes down and he's angry and he throws down the tablets, right? Because of the things that they're doing. And here he is begging for God's presence to be in the people. I'm not going to go anywhere. I know you already told me that I'm gonna, you're going to come with me, but I ain't going anywhere with any of these people unless you're coming with us. We are separate. We are separate, right? Are we holy? Yes. Are we saints? Yes. Are we set apart? Yes. We're supposed to be. Yes. We're supposed to be those things, right? Yes. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. If you aren't asking for the intimacy. You aren't asking for the knowledge of him to know his way along those, those lines. Does anybody know that you're separate? Does anybody know that you're separate? Does any of your friends, you have that one group of friends over here, right? These kind of, you have, well, I'm not going to say any of you don't have any non-Christian friends. I pray that's the case. But you say you have some of those half-holy half holy Christian friends right there? And you have your full holy Christian friends over there? It's like you get, you get your different shirt over here. Let me change it into my holy oh, roller man, stuff over on. here. Right? Because they know you're separate. Do they? Come on. Do these people know you're separate? Well, they say they worship Jesus. Well, they worship another Jesus. They worship a different doctrine. And, and, and they worship a different spirit. It says that in Galatians, Right? Come on. It says those things. Over here, are you separate and do they know it? <coughs> well, I got to laugh at that joke. was kind of funny. It's a little risque. Mm -hmm. Are you separate? He says, if you don't come with us, if you aren't leading the way, nobody's going to tell us that we're different from anybody else. If I don't 
follow your path, if I don't follow your footsteps, if you don't direct my every single breath, my every single step, if every single heartbeat is not for you, nobody's going to know that I follow you. Nobody's going to know that I've been set apart. Nobody's going to know that I'm separate. That's right. Nobody's going to know these things. Come with me. Show me the way. I'm not going anywhere unless you lead the way. When you woke up this morning, did you say that? I didn't. I didn't say that. But I do need to say that. Every single day I need to say that. Amen. Because we are separate. We are set apart. We are saints. And we are the remnant. Amen. Verse 18. As you can see, he asked, let me know you. Then he says, I will not go without your presence. And then all he wants is more of God. And after all of this in verse 18, what does it say? Please show me your glory. Isn't that an odd thing to say? He's already seen the burning bush. He's already talked to it. It says right before this, in, in, in chapter 32, it says that he talks face to face with God like a friend. And what does he want? His glory. I need to see more of you. I need to see more of you. I, I need to be more intimate with you. He doesn't say, man, Father God, correct these people change these people because man this is hard man these people are stiff necked these guys are idiots I mean they're sitting around running around whining about going back to Egypt does he complain about all of those things he's got a church of about a million people you understand that he's got a church of a million people and he's not asking for God to change the heart of the million people he's asking for God to change his come heart on. even more yes come on why, why? Because the means to the end, the changing of the children happened by the changing of him first. Come on. You want to make a difference in your life? You want to make a difference in your family? I pray for my wife all the time, but I pray more for myself. Because her changing is not going to change me. I can sit here and complain all day long. And sometimes I do that a little too much at home. I will admit that I complain a little bit too much. Put myself on blast here. But when I go to my secret place, I don't say, Father, change her. I say, change me. Yes. Amen. Change me. Why? Because I cannot make any change with anybody. I cannot get up here and speak and change a life if my life's not changed. Come on. You may fall for it for yes. a minute. That's you it. might say for a second, man, that's pretty good. But if I fall once, what are you going to say? Aha! Look at him. Aha! I knew it wasn't that good. Because right? I can guarantee you there's some folks right now. Some of you are watching right now. Wait for me to fall. But I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to straighten out something here real quick. This walk is hard. This walk that we're in is hard because it's a narrow path. But I'm going to tell you what makes it easy. Leaning on Jesus. Yes! When it gets hard over here and I can't even get through that narrow path. Come I say, on. Jesus, grease me up. I'm through it. That's the 
anointing, right? Yes. I'm like, give me the strength I need to move this boulder. Yes. Give me the strength I need to stand against the cursing, to stand against the people that are coming out against me. Give me the strength to do those things. Father God, when I go to rest, one hour, make it two. Two yes. hours, make it four. Four hours, yes. make it eight. Because i got stuff to do for you, yes, not for me. And before I do anything, we see this in the beginning in Acts, right? Before they did anything, what did they do? They fasted and they prayed. Come on. Amen. They fasted and prayed. Come on. Before they did anything, before they chose some people to hand out groceries to widows, they fasted and they prayed. Come on. Before they sent people out to be, well, oh my goodness, here, here today is, if somebody called us right now, hey man, there's some people over here in Moulton that need somebody right now to come preach. Man, we don't even stop. Well, hold on a second. And we're, we're like pulling up. When you coming, I'm outside the door. We don't ever stop. We don't pray. Come on. We don't do those things, right? We're like, oh, that's the God, God moving. How do you know if you haven't gone to him and asked him that's yet? That's right, Ben. Come on. Pray. If you haven't seeked out his intimacy if you haven't said, Father God, take me through the wilderness. Take me through the process. I long to be intimate with you. If I haven't said that first, I don't need to take a step. Come on. Because I'm going to get up over here and I'm going to go, where's those golden footprints? <laughs> Come on. Oh, my gosh, they're back in Hallettsville. i got to go all the way back over here and start mm, over. Yes. Verse 19. And then he said, I will make... All my goodness passed before you. This is the Father talking to Moses. I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And that right there, as, as Moses is speaking to God, he is referencing him as Adonai throughout the scripture. When God talks about himself, we, we translate it into Yahweh. That is the unspoken form of the word of God in Hebrew Yahweh Y-H-W-H before you he will proclaim his own name before Moses I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious I'm going to be with you but I ain't going to change who I am and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion if you guys mess up there's still going to be consequences. I'm going to be with you, but I ain't going to change. <laughs> Verse 20. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand while I pass. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back. But my face shall not be seen. I want you to understand this. Because we're going to be moving into this in just a second. In the traditional Hebrew culture, Remember I said the word hen, right? Yes. That is the affection between the woman and a man. The affection, the intimacy that we talk about, the know when you become one. In, in the traditional uh, Jewish wedding, the man sees the woman 
and puts the veil on her face. She's not veiled when he comes into her presence. He puts the veil on her face himself. Now, as you see this right here, as this wedding is taking place <laughs> between God and Moses. You seeing it? Are you understanding what I'm saying here? He's saying, you're going to be able to see me, but I'm going to put the veil on your face because you're my bride. Mm. You, you seeing this? I'm not, I guess a couple, okay? This, this, what's happening is the intimacy of a love relationship between the bride and the bridegroom. Hallelujah. Right? Okay. Not only is he in his presence, not only does he want more, they are becoming, I want to know you more. I want to become more intimate with wow. you. Oh, I want your grace. I want the affection. I want the favor that you have. Yes, I see that you're worthy, and I'm going to marry you. Yes. Praise God. And what did Jesus do? He came to be the bridegroom, right? And who's the bride? Y'all can raise your hands right there. Who's the bride? We are the bride. Praise God for yes. that. Let's go to Exodus 34, 5 through 9. And here's where he actually came down. He came down in this moment. He said he was going to do it, but here as we see this, he comes down. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, stood next to Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord, proclaimed Yahweh, proclaimed Jehovah, if you want to say that. That's the, the, what we tend to use these days is Jehovah or Yahweh. And the Lord, Yahweh, passed before him and proclaimed Yahweh, Yahweh, God, Elohim, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the father upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. We're going to come back to that in just a second, so hang on to that. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And he said, If now I have found favor, if now I have found grace, if now I have found that in intimate affection that comes with your favor in your sight, O Lord, Adonai here, let my Adonai here again, I pray, go among us. Not just lead us, but be part of us. Be inside of us. Be around us. And let us be in you. Even though we are a stiff-necked people. And pardon our iniquity and our sin. And take us as your inheritance. He didn't say, God, use us. Did he? He, said, he didn't say, God, take care of us. God, feed us. God, take care of my finances. God, take care of my marriage. He didn't say, he says, we are yours to do as you please. <laughs> This is not, when it says the inheritance, if you look at that word in the Hebrew, it is not a passing of property. Like we think of uh, inheritance, right? I'm going to get a fat check or I'm going to get some property out there in the sticks, right? That nobody wanted. That's what my inheritance is. That's not what we're talking This is talking about a non-tangible thing that God can use for his purpose. Yes, I know we're not, we're not good. I, I know, and I'm not going to say we. I know, Father God, I'm not good. I know I'm not worthy. And I thank you for using me, Father God, yes, and continue yes. to do so. Thank you, 
Father God, I know that I'm weak, but you are strong. Yes, God. I know that I'm frail, but I can do all things through you, Christ, who strengthens me. Yes, God. Use me. Yes, God. On earth as it is in heaven, Father God. Yes, Let me be your inheritance. I know I'm not worth anything, but you sent your son for me. Yes, Lord. Use me in any way, shape, or form. Because yes, I ain't going anywhere. I'm not going to take a step <laughs> unless you yes, order my foot. Yes. Now, I want to go back real quick. It says, you know, a lot of people have asked me about this particular thing several times, about the, the sins of the Father being on the children. And and it's, it's more of about when we teach our children to worship someone else besides Him. Okay? In that particular day, they were making idols. We don't see a whole lot of idols in our houses unless you look at one of these above your couch. Oh, 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 come on. Phone. Yes, sir. Unless you look at this about eight hours a day. These are idols, guys. And we're teaching our children that it's okay to worship these things. We're teaching our children it's okay to watch hours upon hours upon hours of trash that gets in their minds, right? right? And teaches them things. Why, why does he say this? Because when we do those things, it follows. It creates generational curses. Now, here's, here's the greatest thing in the world. Telestia. <laughs> you know what he said on the cross, right? Yes. yes. What does Telestia mean? Anybody know? It is, it is finished. Why? Because in his name, above all names that every Come name on. Hallelujah. It says that by his stripes you were healed. <laughs> by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So if you've got something going on in your family, proclaim it's gone right now in Jesus' name. Yes. Cover that past sin. I'm sorry that my father did what he did. I'm sorry that my great grandfather did what he did. But it ends today in Jesus' name. Yes. You don't have to hang on to that. We're in the new covenant, right? Amen. These things are still true, but now we have the thing that breaks that contract. Yes. With the enemy in Jesus' in name. In Jesus' name. Seeking results first is backwards. Seeking results first is backwards. I started out with that, and I want to make sure that everybody understands. If you seek his intimacy first, if you seek his presence before you do anything else, if you go into the seeker place and shut your trap and listen to him speak and ask him which way to go and then be quiet and listen to the still small voice, yes. All of your other problems he will take care of. What does he say? Seek ye first. What? The kingdom. The kingdom of what? Heaven. Heaven. And all righteousness. his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So what does that mean? When I go into the secret place, I seek his kingdom, which is his will, what he wants, yes. what he needs for me to yes. do. I am submission. Uh, Father God will use me. Well, that doesn't go with what I want, Father God. I know I break that right now in Jesus' name. Yes. Tell me what you want me to do. Yes. Because if I do those things, if I seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, what's his righteousness? Every single word that's in here yes. is taught. What does it say in Second Timothy three sixteen? All Scripture is breathed forth from the word of, from the mouth of God, right? And it is profitable for teaching and correction. Why? For the teaching of 
For the teaching of righteousness. The teaching of righteousness. If we seek those things first, guys, I'm going to tell you the end result that you so desperately want will happen. Come on. Yes. Those things will happen. Come on. Because he's going to give you, what does it say? Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. And if you go back before that, he says, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry how big your paycheck is going to be. Don't worry about your electricity. Don't worry about your car payment. Don't worry about the insurance that's coming up. Don't worry about that. Worry about seeking the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And He will take care of all of for you. Yes, God. That's what the Word of God Come says. On. Man. Yada. Yada means to be intimate. 33, 13. Now, therefore I pray. I get on my face. I want from you, God. If I have found favor, grace that we use today, hottest in the Greek, and it's given freely, correct? Yes. I have your grace that Jesus paid for on the cross, and in your sight, show me your way. Show me your way. Show me the direction I need to go, that I may know you. I may become one with you, that nobody can look at me and see me anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. <laughs> yes, God. You got saved last week? Why are you still doing those same things? Because you ain't a new creature. Mm. Right? Really? And, then, and then sometimes we're like, <laughs> oh, I made it. I got into the other pasture. Anybody, when I was a kid, I would go into, a, I knew the old man's pasture across the way. I couldn't go in there, right? If not, I might get shot. Okay? A little different today. They would not have a problem with him shooting me back then, all right? But if I went into the other pasture, I had to hurry. I had to cry slow. I had to do what I was going to do, right? I had to go get that deer I shouldn't have shot. Ah. <laughs> right? Come on. Come now. on. I'm speaking to somebody now. <laughs> but I'm like, and I'm, 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 I'm staying low. Man, I'm glad he didn't mow the, mow the pastures, right? right? I'm, I'm like, I'm pulling over. We, we, we treat God the same way. Man, I hope God doesn't catch me over here in this other pasture. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to be over here, Father God, but I'm going to go over here for a little bit because I want to know you and I want to know what I want to know. Right? What does it say? Consider that this nation is your people. I want you to consider me as your child, Father. I want you to consider that I seek after you in all ways, shapes, and forms. Yes, God. Now, I saw, I don't know, it was an awesome video. This guy, his name is Carrying the Light. He's a Christian rapper. And he's saying, everybody, you know, and one, of the, one of the things that I've heard this before, that the, the, one of the proclamations of the sinner is, God knows my heart. Right? God does know our heart. Yes, he does. And he knows if we've been in that other pasture over there. He knows if we've done something that's a little different. But I got the blood of Jesus. That is not untrue. That is not untrue, right? Right. It's not untrue. But I'm going to tell you, the Word of God says, if you make a, a practice, Come on, preach. a practice of spending this time over here, you will not what? If you make a practice of sin, if you make a practice of these things that, that you know that you're like kind of dipping your big toe into, and you make a practice of that, you will not inherit the kingdom. That, that's right. That's what the Word of God says, not me. So if you want to show them that you're his people, you want to show them that you're a child, 
Seek him first. Come on. Seek his presence first. And Exodus 34, 9. And then he said, If now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us. Even though we are a stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance, seek him first and the results will follow. The anointed bride of Christ versus the entitled bride of Christ. Let's go to Esther. You can go ahead and turn to Esther 1, verse 12, please. Anybody know who Queen Vashti is? Queen Vashti was the queen before Esther. She was uh, married to um, Asherus, which is Xerxes, by the way. Xerxes one and who they believe that is. Xerxes was the king. And she was married to him. Now, Xerxes, I think, was in his third year of reign. Uh, I, uh, you'll have to read it to make sure. Third year of his reign, he had a, a hundred and something provinces all over the place, covering uh, so many square miles, just huge, huge kingdom, right? And so he decides to have a party. He had a party for 180 days. Some kind of party, right? That, that is a party. And he had uh, from Persia to Medea, all the nobles, all the princes of the provinces, all of those things, uh, uh, the, and everywhere came to Shushan. Okay, there was a, well, so 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. That's huge. That's gigantic. Does everybody understand where that is? From India to Ethiopia, right? That's big, right? And everybody's coming to the capital, and they're, and they're partying out. And if that wasn't enough... Right after that, he had a feast that lasted seven days. Seven days for all the people who were present. Anybody showed up, great or small, got to party out. And here's the one rule. Do what you want. There was no governing on how much you drank. If you drank yourself to oblivion, passed out on the ground, and got up and started drinking again, there was no law. They did not curtail any of these things for seven days. They were having a good old earthly time, right? Now, Queen Vashti was not invited. All the women. She's in the palace, right? She's in there. She enjoys palace life. So what's she going to do? She's going to have a party. She's going to have a party. The men are going to have a party? We're going to have a party too. And I'm going to feed you, and I'm going to get you ladies drunk. I'm going to just... My ministry is to, to speak to the ladies. You have to understand, ministry is not always about God. Ministry is anything that you're doing that you can be ministering to the poor and not be a Christian. You can be ministering to the homeless and not be a Christian, but you're still ministering, right? Mm -hmm. So she's ministering to these ladies, feeding them, getting them fat, giving them lots of drink. And then Xerxes says, bring her to me. He's drunk. Now we read into this, and if you read some of the commentary, one of the things is he probably wanted to just parade her around in front of all those people, right? And she might have gotten her feelings a little bit. You know, any of you ladies been to your home when your when your husbands are there and they're acting foolish with some of their friends and you stay in the bedroom? <laughs> Anybody? I heard I heard a yes. 
Right, you've been there, done that, right? That's what Vashti was doing. She's in the bedroom. You guys act like fools over there. I ain't going to have nothing to do with it. And he says, come in here, and I want to show everybody your beauty. And she says, no. Here it is, verse 12. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command, brought by his eunuchs, or his chamberlain, if you read it in the King James Version. Therefore, the king was furious. And his anger burned within him. Because when the king called, the bride didn't come. Right? right? She enjoyed being in the palace. She enjoyed all the benefits. But she didn't think she had to listen anymore. Right? She, was, she, was, she loved her place. She loved her position. So what ends up happening? Before we move into the next, I want to make sure everybody understands what's going on here. The king is furious. Now... I don't know why she was blessed. He didn't kill her. He doesn't say that he did. He created a law, right? She, her crown was removed. She was no longer a queen. Probably got put into one of the servants' quarters, right? You've got to clean the toilets now. If you, if you can't be queen right, you can go clean the toilets. Right? That's what happened. He got pushed out. Because why? The men said, if everybody hears how your bride acts, Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, my goodness. If everybody hears out there in the world how your bride acts, Lord. Come on. Huh. Wow. You follow what I'm saying here? Come on. If the world thinks this, if the false church thinks that this is okay to act like that as the bride to the bridegroom, everybody's going to think this right here, the law that we live under. Okay, I understand we're going to live under grace, so hold on just Hold your horse. Don't get all in your feelings for a second. The law that governs everything right here, okay? Come on. We're going to think, ma'am, we don't have to do this anymore. We can just do what we want to do, right? Right. If the bridegroom acts that way, things go into disorder, right? Why do you think America's the way it is? Because we've been acting like Queen Vashti for a long time. Wow. When he calls us, we say, wait, I got a ministry. I'm doing this over here. I'm busy. Wait a second, Lord. Instead of seeking Him and wanting to know Him, we're saying, but I'm doing your work, Father God. I'm healing the sick in your name, Father God. I'm casting out demons in your name, Father God. I'm doing the miracles in your name when it's time to go away from me. I know you not, you workers of iniquity, you queen Vashti's out there. You're going to go live with the unbelievers. Follow what I'm saying here? So let's see the difference between the entitled bride and the anointed bride. Let's go to Esther 2.12. Could you turn that fan on, please, ma'am? I'll never mind. I just turned one off for you, my love. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, we there? Amen. Amen. We're in verse 12, 12, uh, 212. Yes, sir. sir. I want everybody to hear this real quick, okay? We're going to tie some things together. Each young woman's turn came up into Queen Asherah's. Let me stop there for just one second and explain what's going on. Okay, Queen gets knocked down. She's going to go clean toilets now, right? But, but But the king is lonely, right? He needs a queen. Can't be a king without a queen, right? Okay? So he's like, well, I need a queen now. Now let's get a bunch of these virgins, these beautiful virgins from all over the place. Esther was raised by Mordecai. Mordecai was a fourth generation. 
I, and I don't know, this is this doesn't bother me at all, but Esther is way before the book of Daniel, right? But the da book of Daniel happened four generations before the book of Esther. Don't know why that is, why it's put that way, but that's the way it is. Because Mordecai's great, great, great grandfather was the one that was taken by Nebuchadnezzar. Says it in the Word of God. It says it right here at the beginning of chapter chapter 2. I say that so you can go study this yourself, okay? That's not part of the message, but go study it. It's important to understand the Word of God, right? Yes. Okay? So we see Mordecai. He gets his brother and his sister, or his sister and his brother, whatever they are, they die, and their child, Esther, he takes her on as his own daughter. But he tells her, don't tell anybody you're Jewish. That's right. Don't tell anybody that you're a Jew. He was a smart guy, right? So she goes in. Here we go. She's brought in. And she's finding favor with all of these people. She was taken in, in verse 8, she was taken to the king's palace into the care of uh, Haggai, the custodian of the woman. The young woman pleased him. She obtained his favor. That, again, is the word hen there in favor. Okay? And, and he readily gave her beauty preparation. What do you mean by that? Because she found favor, she was put at the front of the line. You follow that? Because she found favor... She was put at the front line. Now I don't know. I don't know this, but every time I seem to go out, if I go out with a group of people, Leslie and I order. We might be the last ones to order. We're always the first ones to get our food. Amen. And I praise God for that. I think that's favor. My, my meal comes out hot, and I'm ready to eat. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give God the blessings for that and the honor for that. I find hey, that's that's one thing. And most of us would overlook that, right? But I look at that as favor to the God. Amen. Over my life. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe it's favor over to Leslie. I'm just with her. But I'm still, it's, it's favor, right? So she had favor because she came in and she started not acting like a potential queen. She acted like she should, subservient and humble before wow. others. Right? Why? Because she was waiting for her anointing. What happens down here in verse 12? Each young woman's turn came to go into Queen Asarius. After she had completed 12 months preparation. Yes. According to the regulation for the women, for thus were the days of their preparation apportioned. Six months with oil of myrrh. They were anointed for six whole months. Wow. You follow that? Come on. And six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. Now, ladies... Please don't take 12 months to get ready to go somewhere. <laughs> Five minutes is too long for us guys in the first place. <laughs> but you understand, she took 12 months in preparation Come to on. see the king. Amen. She took 12 months of getting her anointing. How many years was it between David's anointing and he became king? 15 years. Right. You, you follow what I'm saying? We need the anointing from God. For him to direct our life. We don't move. Most of us want to get moving. Anoint me while I'm on the run, Father. Come on. Anoint me. Is that what happens? <laughs> we need to slow our roll and wait on the Lord. Come on. Get anointed. If it takes him 12 months to anoint you, but it's, it's not happening fast enough. It's been two and a half days, 
and I can't get what I want. Come I'm going to do what I want to do. But we don't wait on the anointing of the Lord to accomplish what we need to have when we get over there. We don't have the strength to accomplish it yes. when we get there. Come we on. don't have the patience to Preach accomplish it. it when we get there. We don't have the joy. Yes. We don't have the goodness. We don't have the kindness. We don't have the gentleness. We don't have the faithfulness. And we don't have the sound mind to get there because we didn't stop to get anointed in the first place. Come on. But she did. Esther did. Twelve months of anointing, preparing her mm. to come into the presence of the king. Now, when she went into the presence of the king, every one of these other women, they took what they wanted to into the presence. Maybe they took a little ukulele. I hear like this. Bing, 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 bing. Nobody likes a ukulele. Right? Well, maybe he'll like this kind of clothes. Maybe he'll like this. Maybe he'll like three-inch eyelashes. Right? Maybe, no, Esther was smart. She talked to somebody who knew the king intimately. Come on. She talked to the king's unit, his, his unit, his right-hand man. He, she asked him, she goes, what do you suggest mm, I take on. with me? Man, that's good. You know what the king likes. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness. Right? Come on. And all of these things will be given. You know what he likes. It's all right here. Yes. You want to speak? You want to you know what he wants? Read the Logos, which is his verbal word written in the Bible. And then he'll start speaking the Rima. What's the Rima? The Rima is the, the voice of God that never contradicts this. You want things in line, but you want to, like, hold on. I know that says in the Word, but i got to figure it out on my own over here. Esther didn't do that. That's good. Esther slowed her roll. She took 12 months preparation, anointing, oil of myrrh being drenched over her body, beautification. Guys, we need to do the same thing. Getting into the secret place increases the anointing. Yes. Because in the secret place, he's going to tell you what to do. And so many people, well, he's not talking to me yet. Because he's preparing you for what he's going to tell you. Come on. What did it say? Well, I don't remember what book it is. He says, if I told you everything that was going on, it would blow your mind in the Old mm -hmm. Testament. It says that in the Word of God. I cannot tell you everything, but he can prepare you for what he's saying. Yeah. And she spent 12 months getting prepared. And then asked somebody that knew him intimately, what does he desire? Mm. Not what I want desire, not what I want, but what does he desire? So then we see, after this, she becomes queen. She's favored. She takes the crown of Vashti and puts it on her head. They even have a feast of Esther. But then in the background, Haman. Everybody know who Haman is? Mm -hmm. Haman didn't like Mordecai. Why didn't he like Mordecai? Mordecai wouldn't bow down to Haman. There was no reason to bow down to Haman, but he wanted everybody. He wanted power. He was like a male Jezebel spirit big time. He stood under the king. He usurped the power of the king, and he used it for his own glory and his own power. He was a prime definition of a male Jezebel spirit and hated Mordecai so much that he didn't want to just kill Mordecai. He wanted to kill every single Jew in the kingdom. And he convinced, pay the king, I'm going to put all of this money into the coffers if you allow this people who don't obey your laws, 
create their own malls. They have their own board. They have their own set of rules out there. I will pay you if you'll sign an edict that they're all destroyed. The king's like, sure, go ahead, that's fine. And what does it say? The city was perplexed that that would happen. So Mordecai finds out about it, right? He strips his clothes, he rents his clothes, he tears his clothes, and he puts on a sackcloth. He can't go into the court, the area, the, the castle at all, because no one is allowed to come in anything but fine garments, right, into the presence of the king and in his area. And so what does Esther do? She sends clothes for him, and he refuses. And she's like, well, what's going on? She's inside. She doesn't know all these things are going on. And he sends it to her and says, you understand that they, all the Jews are going to be killed. You need to go talk to the king. Now, all of us would say, heck yeah, let's run in there. But she, she's, she's a little smarter than that. She's like, look, I, I want to go into the presence of the king. But I haven't been called into the king, right? She's waiting, anticipating being called into the king. Where Vashti over here is like getting called, and she's refusing. Mm-hmm. Right? So Esther said, I haven't been called in these 30 days. And Mordecai says, look. They're going to find out you're a Jew too and you're going to die. You have been made for days such as this. Uh-uh. I want you to hear, hear me out here, right? Listen to me, okay? Come on. Come on now. Listen to what I'm going to say. Vashti, she feasted and she fed the women. Vashti was having a good old time in her ministry with the women. That was her ministry with women. Esther, she fasted. She didn't feast. She didn't. She prayed. She didn't play. She prepared. She did not refuse. In her ministry, she took the ladies that were around her and used that time to increase her anointing before she went to the king. That's an anointed bride compared to the other, right? Mm-hmm. So what happened? grab that fan and pick it up and put it on my face. <laughs> Let's go to Esther 5, verses 3 and 4. Now, you and me, you and me, she decides after three days, she's going to go into the king. She says, man, if, if you go into the presence of the king and he doesn't call you, he can kill you if he wants to. That's actually the law. And you have to understand, at that particular time, we saw this with Daniel, right? When uh, when the king did not want to throw Daniel into the, into the lion's den. But it was already written. He couldn't go against what he had written, right? Mm-hmm. Right? He didn't want to do those things. He was up all night wondering about Daniel. But his, he writes it down. He's going to do it. But we see here, Xerxes writes this law. No one can come into my presence unless I call him. And Esther knows this. And he goes into her presence. And he points the scepter at her, which means you live. And this is what happens. And the king said to her, What do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all of his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. (laughs) What did she do? She seeked righteousness. She seeked counsel. She got her anointing. She prepared and fasted. Now, what does she say? Now, most of us would get inside of there and say, Oh, God. Oh, man, Haman is doing all these mean things to my people. Right? 
That's what we would have done. Come on now. That's what we would have done. Most of us would go in there. We'd already, we'd already, us guys, we're going to get some a little bit of soap. Let me get these tears rolling quick. <laughs> no, that's not what Esther did. She didn't come to get served. She came to serve. And Esther answered, If it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come today to the banquet that I have prepared for him. What did, what did Moses do? What did he ask for? I want to be your inheritance. I want to know more about you. I want to know more about what you love, Lord. I want to know more about your ways, Lord. I want to know more about what, what, what makes you tick. Well, I, I want to know your ways and your truth and your life. I want to know that. When Vashti refused to come into the presence, when she got into the presence, she asked how she could serve. Mm. Now, he said, I'll do everything. I'll give you half the kingdom right now. She could have literally said at that moment exactly what she wanted, and he would have stood by because if he spoke it, he was going to do it, right? You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When we go into his presence, when we become intimate with him, the anointing increases when we seek first what is right, what is in the kingdom. Not what we want, but what God wants. God's a gentleman, right? God's a gentleman. Now, you know, and I know people will argue with this, but he never, ever, ever makes us do anything. He gives us the path. You can go to the left and be a goat. You can be a, go to the right and be a sheep. You can, you can wait around as tares and act like you're Christians, standing there, not worshiping me, or you can be a wheat and bow down to me. In the end, you can be a good servant, and I will give these things unto you and increase it, because what you've been given, and you've done a good job with it, I'll give you more. Or you can be a wicked servant who actually lived in the master's house and was evil and wicked and was cast out among the unbelievers. We have a choice. To be the entitled queen, the entitled virgin bride-to-be, or the anointed, wanting to do what he wants to do. I'm going to tell you, my prayer life has changed. My, my, my thought process has changed. Everything has completely changed. Yes, I'm going to ask him. Yes, I'm going to say, Father God, let your will be done. I'm going to ask him for those things. Because I know sickness is not in his will. Healing is. I know that being not delivered is not in his will, but being delivered is in his will. Come on. But all other things, I'm not going to worry about what shirt I have to wear, what food I have to eat, where the money's coming from. I'm going to, I'm going to serve him because all those other things will be given unto me when I seek him first. And I become more intimate and more knowledgeable about who he is. Amen. Amen. That was powerful. I, I, I tell you, he doesn't tell me what his messages are about. He says you have to wait and hear it with everybody. And uh, that's okay. Uh, we talk about the Lord all the time. Because I don't know what I'm going to say either. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But guys, I just want to tell you and take a moment. I, I've shared this with you multiple times, and I'm, I'm not going to stop until we get it in our heads. God spoke at the end of July, and he said, be prepared. God spoke directly to me, and he said, tell my children, be prepared. And I've never been prepared like I'm being prepared now. I've never been in this situation like I am now. 
the intimacy with God, the closeness with God. And I'm going to tell you, if you're sitting here today and you're going through all these things and you're saying, I, I, I'm just, I'm feeling heavy. I feel things that are going on. Listen, we're in the end times right now. God's coming back. He's coming back to get us, okay? But where are you going to be? Who are you going to be when he shows up? And I just, I say this with all the love because I keep telling, yesterday the Lord spoke directly to me. We were eating. We had just finished a deliverance here at the church. And I went and the Lord spoke to me and I said, oh my God, Ben. The Lord just said this and he goes, wow. And I'm going to tell you, things are about to start unfolding before our eyes. There's going to be people that are going to fall. There's going to be things, and we only look. We don't look to man. Please do not look to Ben and I. We are just man. Look to God. Amen. Come on. He's the know-it-all. He's the all. He's that one that helps us. The Holy Spirit's inside of us. And as I saw this morning, and I just want to share with you briefly, those here and online, we are in prayer. And I saw in the spiritual realm, I saw a huge sea, like an ocean, and I saw one hand coming up out of the sea. And I saw and I heard the words salvation and saved. And I literally saw the Lord's hand reach down. If that's you, that you feel that things are over your head. You feel like you're too weak in this storm. You feel like you're drowning. You're drowning in things right now in this world. Reach up to God. Reach Amen. up. Because he, it has to take action on our part. We have to call out. We have to say, Jesus, save me. And he's going to reach down and say, come here, daughter. Come here, son. Come here. Let me pull you up. Let me pull you on dry land. Let me take you in my arms. Let me comfort you. Let me take, come on, listen, somebody. We've all been, I've been through the wilderness. I've been, and I'm going through a process right now. And the Holy Spirit is consuming fire that burns off everything. But we got to reach. Jesus, help me. Guys, we need to start opening our mouth. We need to start proclaiming him and who he is. Guys, we, I want every one of my family. I, I don't need to tell you all that I do. Guys, we pray by name over our family. There's so much going on like we did on Friday. He's another one in the fire. What fire are you going through today? Come on. What are you going through today? Are you being drowned? Are you feeling like you're stuck underneath that seawater and each wave keeps crashing and crashing? Reach up to him today because I'm going to tell you, knock. He's knocking. Come on. Hello, Jesus. Jesus, I need you. He says, knock, and I am there. Seek his face. Get that intimacy. I'm married to my husband. I know him better than anybody. He knows me better than anybody. But does Jesus know you better than anybody? Come on. Does Jesus know you? Do you know him one-on-one? -on -one? He will stop me dead in my tracks and talk to me. And I have to get it right. I encourage you as this is the time. We're not guaranteed if we walk out that door right now. We're not guaranteed any time here on this earth. Our time here is temporary. Temporary. Did you hear me say temporary? Temporary. 
Okay, temporary. Because for eternity, we're in one or two places. We're with him, the right hand of the Father, or with him, or on the left side. Which one? And you've got to do that because it's our free will that he gives us. He's not a forceful God. He's a loving God. This says it right here. He's coming back. I encourage you with love, with everything in me, as you feel the ground shake, as he told me, and I know, I already heard this, Leslie, I don't care. He said, I'm coming back and get prepared. Amen. Get prepared. We saw Esther prepared for how long? She prepared. Are you preparing? Are you getting prepared? Are you doing what it takes to go through the process? You get close to the fire and you go, oh, it's hot, and you back away? Or do you say, no, Father, I know you're another one there with me. You're another one in the fire. Come on. You're that life raft that I've raised my hand up and I'm drowning in. Everything's over my head. He is that one for you. He's the lifesaver. Amen? <coughs> Today's the day to get it right. Today's the day to surrender. Today's the day to make a choice to be intimate with the Father. To be intimate one-on-one -on -one with Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. I just sometimes I just I feel like I can't say it enough. And I thank God I'm nobody, but I know how he feels. And that's why this new gifting that he's given me. I'm like, God, I'm trying to learn how to use it, but I will just bawl my eyes out because I'm feeling all these things that people are going through and my heart is compassionate. And I'm just like, wake up, God, wake up, y'all. Wake up. Let's link and be together in Jesus' name Amen. to make heaven crowded. Amen. 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 Could you turn the lights down just a little bit, Tim? Um, I'm not sure if this is the way it's always going to be, but this is the way the Lord's having me do it today. We're going to have an altar call online. Uh, the camera is facing this way, so because I know some people get all in their feelings about other people seeing them do things. And I hope that's convicting somebody. We're going to have an altar call because as we grow, there's going to be house churches that pop up in the lampstand ministry across America. Come on, man. It's already happening now. It's happening right this and moment. I'm not going to let these people there not get to experience what you get to experience here. So what I'm doing is I'm calling you not to sit there in your seats today. If you truly want change in your life, if you truly want him to gracefully break you, and turn you into the vessel that you want, that you need that he needs you to be. If you truly want that, if you truly want to seek him and know him, I'm going to ask you all to come up to the altar. Come up to the altar. Don't sit there. If you truly want change in your life, that's totally up to you. If you truly want him to move in your life, come to the altar. Yes, God. And it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 15.7 years. It doesn't matter if you know your Bible inside and out. I know I'm up here because I need to be changed. 
I know that he needs to do something in my life. And you guys at home do the same thing. Stand up and proclaim to him. I'm not going to give you words to say it all. I'm going to play music. And I want you to pray to him and ask him to do what he needs to do in your life. Yes, God. 